0: The Labyrinth, I'm your host Pratham Padau. If you would like to support my podcast, buy my t-shirt, link is in the description. My guest today is Jayant Bandari. He's an investor and entrepreneur, particularly in the natural resource sector. He is also a contributing editor of the Liberty Magazine and he's also written Uh, articles on political, economic, and cultural issues for the Mises Institute, KC Research, Mining Journal, etc. He runs a yearly philosophy seminar in Vancouver called Capitalism and Morality. Okay, welcome to the Labyrinth, Jayant. So, I want to start by asking, uh, prior to moving to Canada, how was your life here in India? Um, Well, Pratham, I was a very successful um,
1: executive in India before I left the country. Um, I started Indian operations of two European companies. Uh, One of them became the biggest supplier of equipment in its market in the country. So I had two very good successes in India. Uh, uh, And that's when uh, I realized that uh, the reason for my successes were different from uh, my competencies or the quality of my equipment. Uh, I was operating in an an extraordinarily corrupt environment uh, where the only thing that mattered was bribes. Uh, It was universal in which the guy from the very top to to the guy to the very bottom was asking for bribes. Uh, But that's what I was doing in India. I had a very successful career. I left my job and I moved to Canada
0: at one point of time. What is it about Indian culture that you think does not allow us to progress the way the West or the way East Asia has progressed? Um,
1: uh, Pratham, uh, one biggest problem with Indians is that Indians do not have moral consciousness. Uh, Indians do not have a concept of right and wrong. Uh, now, they can be very religious, but they are religious in a very fatalistic sense, in a very materialistic sense. Uh, they are uh, afraid of things which made them re- make them religious but indian religious environment does not lead to an spiritual awakening it does not lead to a moral consciousness uh, and uh, india is a desert of moral consciousness there's virtually no moral consciousness in the country now people know and speak the right thing so you know if you ask people is corruption bad is theft bad Uh, They will all say the right things but that's not what their behavior shows. Uh, You can meet uh, your relatives or someone on the street and that person will tell you uh, how bad corruption is and what he would do if he became the prime minister of the country. And right in front of you, five minutes later, this person goes around giving bribes for unearned benefits. Now he does not even necessarily give bribe for what belongs to him, but he gives bribes to expropriate uh, wealth of other people or uh, 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 or improve his chances of getting something which does do something that does not belong to him. So again, Indians simply do not have moral consciousness. Indians talk big about uh, what is right and wrong, but at the end of the day, there is no application of moral consciousness in the country.
0: Isn't it very ironic that uh, the land, uh, this country uh, that is a desert of moral consciousness, it's a land of hypocrisy because that's something that we see everywhere also produces so many gurus and godmen. There's nothing uh, strange about it,
1: uh, Pratham. Uh, We might want to feel very nationalistic and great about uh, all the great philosophers India has created. Uh, And uh, indeed, India has created some great men. Uh, But remember, one out of five or one out of six people on the planet is an Indian. So if you have uh, as many as one out of five philosophers as Indians, uh, then it's something to uh, feel good about. But we don't even have one out of five uh, great philosophers coming from India. If it's one out of 100, I would be surprised. If it's actually one one out of 200, I would be very surprised as well. So no, we don't create all that many philosophers. But having said that, uh, India has created some great men. But uh, every country has created its great men. Uh, I have to say that in the current nationalistic environment where uh, Indians think that they are the uh, cradle of humanity, they are completely wrong. Uh, India isn't a cradle of uh, humanity. Um, And uh, while India has created, given some uh, great philosophers, most of them got recognized once they had left India and had started living in the Western society.
0: how do you think we can reform Indian culture? Um, uh, well, first uh, there is
1: a, a, no easy way to reform the Indian culture. This is not a process which takes a few generations or a few centuries. This can easily take a millennia. Uh, changing society is a very long process. Uh, creating moral consciousness in the society is a very, very long process. Uh, because everything is linked together. You can't just uh, create moral consciousness in isolation. It's, it's a holistic process, it's an organic process, it's a process that takes a very, very long time. If you look at the European history, uh, it took them uh, uh, many, many, many centuries, probably I would say three millennia before they started getting to where they are today. Uh, and you know, even then, uh, not, uh, everything is fragile. So creating a moral consciousness is an extremely hard job. Uh, What we can certainly do is to take the first step forward. Now, what would that first step be? Uh, My view is that we should be attracting the very best people to run the institutions of the country. Uh, Because of democracy, we bring in the very worst people to run our institutions, and really our institutions are populated by people who are at the bottom of the barrel people. They are horrendously corrupt, they are horrendously self-centered and materialistic, and truly the worst people on the planet. Now, how can we bring the best people to run the government? Uh, Look at how United Arab Emirates run. Uh, look at how Singapore or Hong Kong runs, Uh, look at how Taiwan, uh, South Korea, and even Japan runs. What they do is that often they bring in the very best people from around the world to run their institutions. We should do the same thing. We should get rid of all these stupid, thoroughly stupid, low IQ politicians, extremely sadistic uh, bureaucrats that uh, India has and replace them with uh, some of the most competent people in the world, bring them from America, bring them from the UK, uh, put them in place there. Uh, The person who runs your institutions does not have to be an Indian. It does not matter to me Pratham who runs my institutions as long as the institutions do the job they are supposed to do. Uh, So I think that would be the first step, bring in the very best people from around the world to run our institutions. But that is only going to be possible once we get rid of democracy. Democracy does not allow uh, a thought process that would lead to bringing the very best people uh, from the world to run our institutions. And uh, actually what we have done over the last uh, 50 to 70 years is that we have inverted everything. Now we have a democratic system in which the masses who are uh, tribal, who are uneducated, who have no moral consciousness, who are desperate, vote on the basis of their ve- extraordinarily limited self-centered thinking, survivalist thinking. Uh, and then on top of that, we have implemented uh, all kinds of uh, affirmative action policies, the, what we call reservation in India, uh, which means that uh, the quality of people uh, in the institutions is far worse than it would have been had we uh, just kept our democratic ourselves democratic plus meritocratic for the government system, because. Today, we have virtually no meritocracy in the government jobs, the institutions. Uh, People, if you go to a government office, and I think whenever people praise India, Indians praise India, they should at least attempt to go to a government office and try to feel in, try to feel, try to understand um, with their feelings what a government office looks like and what it feels like. And they realize that, People working in the government are not just corrupt. They are thoroughly stupid and thoroughly uh, sadistic uh, and totally unskilled and totally incompetent. And that is the kind of institutions we
0: have today. Speaking of democracy, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked uh, Madhusudan Raj in my previous episode. In the past couple of elections, when I used to vote in the election, I I was voting for the lesser of two evils, but now I'm thinking of not voting at all and just boycotting the idea of elections and democracy. What do you think we Indians should do? Should we vote or not vote? Uh,
1: Well, I would uh, be uh, happy to vote for the lesser of the two evils if I knew who the lesser of the two evils is, uh, but that is virtually impossible, Pratham. Uh, the problem is that uh, you are uh, trying to differentiate between uh, uh, third of dog A from third of dog B. Now, which one is more delicious? Uh, I don't know. I have no palate to differentiate between two thirds. Uh, uh, And that's the problem we exist in today. Now, uh, uh, when I look at what's happening in America, when there is a competition between uh, 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 Trump and Biden, uh, and if I had to vote, I would very happily go and vote for Trump because the difference is so much in my opinion, from my eyes, Trump is clearly, a much, much, much better candidate than Biden is. But when I look at India, uh, I see no difference between politicians. They are uh, virtually the same. And yes, uh, at a superficial level, one politician might look better than the other, but then I'm not close to them. I'm not spending my day-to-day time with them. I don't have enough information about all of them to able to judge which one is better than the other. So if I were in India, I would very likely not vote because my vote really makes no difference in that country.
0: Uh, Would India be better off if we abandoned uh, socialism and adopted libertarianism? Well, it's a complete myth uh, Pratham that India has socialism.
1: Uh, India does not have socialism at all. India is a feral country, it's a wild jungle. Socialism would be a huge uh, positive move for India. Uh, And remember, uh, in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, uh, India was being helped by USSR, which was a socialist communist country. Uh, It, it, USSR's GDP per capita was uh, many, many times that of India. Uh, If I recall it correct, it was at least 10, 20 times more than uh, Indian GDP per capita was so socialist countries did very well compared to India and socialist countries continue to do much better than India look at compare India with uh, let's say Cuba. Cuba is a much richer country than India is. Look at uh, Ecuador. Ecuador is a much better, much richer country than India is. Uh, In fact, most of Latin America is uh, leftist, it's socialist, Uh, but they are much better, much nicer than uh, India is. So uh, socialism is a horrible concept, Pratham, don't get me wrong there, but Indian, system is far worse than socialism. Uh, Socialism require at least the first order of moral values right. India hasn't got even the first order of moral values right. India is just a jungle, it's a feral place where there is no right and wrong. Socialists at least start thinking what is right and wrong and they get it wrong. But India hasn't even started that process. So we are far worse off than a socialist country uh, as uh, 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 compared to what we would have been were we a socialist country.
0: Uh, Okay, moving uh, to a completely different topic. Uh, For a very long time, uh, liberals in the West have said that diversity is good and society will benefit from it. But at the same time, Uh, Globalization and diversity has uh, destroyed local cultures and smaller communities. Uh, The most diverse cities also have the highest crime rates. But uh, look at you, as a brown man in Canada, you seem to have benefited from globalization and diversity. Overall, should we be grateful for diversity or should we criticize it?
1: Well, I have been a massive beneficiary of diversity and globalization. I would have been stuck in a small town uh, in India, earning uh, virtually nothing compared to what I do now. My life uh, is uh, wonderful. So, And my life was wonderful even when I was in India. I was one of the uh, better paid, better place executives. I was the CEO of two European companies in India in my early twenties. So that was, uh, uh, you know, my, my life has been great. Uh, globalization and diversity has given me a lot, uh, but what it has given me does not mean it has given to the average person. Uh, my view is that India is uh, in many ways far worse today than it was 30 years back, before the technology kicked in, before progress kicked in. Uh, and the reason is Pratham, that of course, it seems that your life is much better than it would, what it would have been had we not gone through this technological revolution. Uh, But go outside wherever you live, drive out 10 kilometers from where you live and you realize that the pollution is far worse than it was 30 years back. People are desperate for food and jobs. Uh, There is, uh, you know, people have mobile phones but what they uh, watch on mobile phones is pornography and uh, exchange superstitions. So they are no better educated than they would have been without that technology. So if you look at globalization, I don't think uh, 90% of Indians have benefited in any way from this globalization and technical revolution, and even the so called economic progress. Uh, what they have uh, uh, and, and remaining have might have benefited from it but that does not tell you the situation of the average guy. Uh, now diversity and, uh, has been uh, suicidal for the Western society because uh, as long as Americans, Canadians, Australians and New Zealand people were bringing in people from Europe or East Asia, East Asia being Japan, Korea, and China, they were bringing the very best of Europe and East Asia to the US and Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Now that situation has changed over the last uh, 40 to 50 years because they have uh, removed uh, this requirement of immigrant to be European. Uh, now they bring in people from all over the world. Um, and the problem is that when they bring in people from the third world countries, they mostly uh, bring in people who have no moral consciousness. And it's the same problem again, Pratham. If you, uh, if, uh, if you open the gates for uh, people from um, uh, Africa or the Indian subcontinent uh, or even Latin America, you make enable a larger, much larger proportion of people lacking moral consciousness to move into your country. And that has been the problem with, let's say America or Canada today. Now, America and Canada are great melting pots, but they are great melting pots if you have moral consciousness, if you believe in the values of Western civilization. Uh, but uh, you clearly see that uh, over the last uh, 40 to 60 years, the kind of people that have moved to the US and Canada, Australia and New Zealand, are the kind of people who are materialistic, who do not have moral consciousness. Uh, and that is that has, a deg- has had a degrading effect on the culture of these countries. Uh,
0: what is your opinion on this whole uh, woke Uh, culture and cancel culture uh, promoted and propagated by liberal progressives because you have uh, said uh, in the past few minutes that people from third world countries, Africa, South Asia don't have moral consciousness and you can say that but if a white person said the same thing that you were saying uh, liberals would label him as a racist or a, a white nationalist even though he's objectively right.
1: Uh, Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and that is what, how I want to contribute to where I live today. I want to uh, use uh, the fact that I can get away with a few things more than a white person does. Uh, Now, that should never have been the case. We should be able to speak freely. We should be able to speak our mind and uh, people should have the opportunity to, uh, to, to argue and debate with me or, Uh, Say uh, that I'm wrong, but uh, today the cancel culture has become very dominant in the Western society, the woke culture has become very dominant. Uh, Now, let me before I respond to you fully let me explain the word liberal liberal word is extremely confusing liberal uh, word in the United Kingdom means about relates to freedom individuality. Uh, and self responsibility. It relates to uh, a a concept of honor and integrity. Whereas liberal in the United States and Canada means something completely different. It means no self responsibility. It means uh, 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 keeping your eye on the wallet of other person and trying to uh, steal as much as possible from the other person's pocket. Uh, trying to these are the people who whine who want who have no concept of self responsibility and honor and they expect uh, benefits from other people in the society, these are dependent people. Uh, Now, uh, what is woke culture and what is this cancel culture surprisingly, it is very similar to the culture of the third world countries. Uh, uh, the woke people actually love the third world. They love the chaos, the the smell of feces, uh, the, the the noise of third world countries uh, because they are feral people, and that is why woke people love the third world people. Uh, now, woke the so these woke li- so-called liberal leftists, the so-called progressives are truly the losers of the Western society. Um, And they are, uh, in how their mind works, no different from how the minds of uh, people in the third world uh, work. So uh, these are are culturally third world people, the woke people and the cancel culture people.
0: Hmm. The, The West has been doing quite well for over a century now as a result of reason and rational thinking. But in the past uh, one or two decades, mostly because of uh, left liberals and progressives, the West seems to be slowly deteriorating, Uh, lower birth rates, increasing crime, political correctness. Uh, They're even confused on how to define a man and a woman. Uh, Are we witnessing the final days of the West?
1: Yeah, I I mean, uh, let me just correct one thing. I don't think the Western society did well in the last 100 years. I think the Western society saw its prime, its peak uh, several hundred years back. Uh, Now that does not have to reflect economically right away. Um, The West was culturally a far superior place probably 150 years back than it is today. Um, yes, uh, the Western society has already peaked. Uh, the Western society is rapidly uh, getting worse. Um, I think uh, the best country on the planet, America, uh, a country that I have I love and I still love and I still spend a lot of my time in, uh, is going down the fastest. Um, and the biggest problem is uh, the so-called diversity, the one that you mentioned earlier. Uh, Uh, Diversity has meant that they have accepted all kinds of people from around the world who refuse to assimilate in the society, who refuse to uh, be respectful to the Western civilization, uh, and who refuse to understand, uh, who have no concept of what Western philosophy is all about. So uh, America now has a massive number of people who are like those. Uh, and in fact, if you look at the statistics, the the, the number of people who are first or second generation uh, uh, immigrants in Canada and Australia, you get to g- uh, get a glimpse of what the future would be like. Um, I think about 26% of uh, Australians and Canadians are first generation immigrants, which means that if you, uh, l- 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 that as many as half of their populations could be first or second generation immigrants. Uh, now, that's far too many people from outside their own society, outside their own civilization. If you bring in so many people, you will dilute your civilization away. Um, I can f- truly understand if you bring in 0.1% of your Population as from outside your own society. Uh, But making it 25 to 50% is truly horrendous and suicidal for your society. And that's what the West has done. Uh, There are many other reasons. This is only one of the reasons. I think um, comforts, um, uh, comforts, and luxury and leisure time uh, can uh, be bad, negative for the for the culture of the society, uh, uh, because it, it can make you dull. It can make you uh, less aware of the need to keep fighting for civilization. Uh, and I think that has also happened in the Western society. They don't, f- so, they don't have this impulse to necessarily fight for what is right. Um, in the sense that they will uh, not necessarily step out um, as they probably did 50 years back. Now, again, I must say that there's a massive, massive difference between a country like India and the country like Canada. If if there is any trouble on the street in Canada, many people will step, step out to help you out. It's a great, great society, but compared to what it used to be and compared and looking at the direction these countries in the West have taken, uh, I'm fairly convinced that the best days of the West are over, uh, and it's degrading uh, rather rapidly.
0: Hmm. Uh, I I know that um, India lacks, uh, with regards to moral consciousness and a productive culture, but let's put that aside for a while. Let's say that was not a problem at all. Uh, Once we have fixed this moral and cultural issues, do you think India can benefit from libertarianism and anarcho-capitalism? Well, uh, what you're saying is that uh, cut the roots of the tree out,
1: and would the the tree be beneficial if we gave it good fertilizer and good air? Uh, Unfortunately, it won't. If you don't have the fundamentals right, if you don't have the roots right, Uh, Nothing will, uh, the tree can't stand on it, it can't stand straight anymore, it will just fall apart. Um, Without moral consciousness, believe me, there's no progress. You can have some short term progress, you can have some short term improvement in your life, uh, but it will not be sustainable. Uh, and you can see that uh, in terms of what has happened in the last uh, 30 years and disagree with me Pratham, if you want to, uh, but the health of Indians have deteriorated rapidly over the last 30 years. Now a 40 year old person cannot walk straight because he eats too much sugar. He eats too much bad food. Um, he he uses his time for too much le- leisure. He is too stressed because he's trying to make uh, more and more money. Uh, And the end result is that uh, uh, progress, in my view, hasn't really done a lot of good to the emotional and psychological health to a lot of people. Look at women, Uh, women have got a lot of freedom in the country over the last 30 years, Uh, but I'm afraid of sitting next to a woman on the plane. I mean, she could end up charging me for rape in a crowded plane. Uh, And and that's indeed possible in India today. so everything gets uh, g- g- gets uh, used for depraved degenerate purposes if the roots are not right if the if the principles are not there so without moral consciousness nothing is possible now what is libertarianism what is capitalism capitalism and libertarianism are very deep moral concepts these are not economic concepts and remember Uh, Even the word economic has changed its meaning. When Adam Smith wrote his book, he he wrote about, uh, what was the name of the book? The Moral Sentiments of the Society or something. I can't remember, but the book was about moral values. Economics is about moral values. Libertarianism is about moral values. Capitalism is about moral values. So how can you detach moral values from something that is actually a moral concept? Uh, you, uh, you you can enforce a moral structure, but at least that moral structure must be enforced by moral people. So you, I, and that's what I said initially, you have to bring in the very best people from around the world who are morally conscious, who are skilled, who are competent, who know the difference between right and wrong. And if they create a structure. Uh, the society can indeed improve, but uh, you, if you think you can remove moral values uh, and you still have a, uh, a, a, prog- a, a
0: progressing society, you are deluded. Yeah. I think the only solution that I can think of uh, after hearing everything uh, you're saying is that we have to sort of overthrow Indian democracy. If we overthrow democracy, what are the practical alternatives? Uh, uh,
1: So Pratham, uh, you know, today it is believed that um, Indians wanted to fight for uh, the so-called freedom. Uh, I mean, remember, India never got its freedom. It never got its independence. Uh, The rulers changed from the British to uh, brain dead, sadistic junkies. That's what we have today. So, uh, uh, and does it really matter to me whether a white guy rapes me or a brown guy, Babu rapes me? Uh, If I get raped, I get raped anyway. Uh, I'm just going to hope that the rapist is less ruthless with me. And clearly the British were less ruthless. Uh, If at all, uh, you can compare the ruthlessness between the British and the current regimes of India. I mean, go to a police station. Uh, People get openly beaten up by the police today, uh, and there is nothing that happens. The courts don't take any action against the policemen, and the policeman gets away with absolutely everything. That was not the case when the British were ruling the country. Now. Before 1947, we now, because we are told selective history, we are taught a very small part of the history. We are told that Indians were fighting for independence. No, Indians were not fighting for independence. A minority of people who had got educated in the United Kingdom returned back to India to start this so-called independence movement most of the society had no clue about this independence movement and had no interest in independence movement a lot of leaders like uh, rabindranath tagore were not in favor of independence movement from what i understand they wanted the british to stay on in fact ram mohan roy was a full participant in using the british to change the indian culture to improve it to end the sati pratha to end the bad, horrible aspects of Hinduism and Islam. So uh, a lot of Indian leaders were, uh, were uh, with the British, they wanted the British to continue and they did not like this independence movement. They knew what would happen if India became so-called independent. Now uh, Pratham, have you seen a statue of Raja Ram Mohan Roy anywhere in the country?
0: I I don't think so. No,
1: there isn't any. There isn't any. We don't we don't recognize people who change our society. Raja Ram Mohan Roy and was the key figure that ended the sati pratha. Okay. Now should the feminist organization should India not recognize him for what he did for India? Um, we don't. Um, uh, now, where is the statue of Rajaram Mohan Roy in Bristol, in the United Kingdom? Because we don't see greatness of human beings, so we don't r- recognize them for their greatness. Uh, <clears throat> so. So, on one hand, there were a lot of leaders who were against the so called independence movement. They knew what would come to India if India gained so called independence. But also, a very large population of India, Indians knew what would happen once the British had left. There was a massive exodus from India in the 40s and 50s. They went to live in the UK. Now, these people, uh, and you know you can include me among those people. Uh, we got rid of white people, and then I went, ended up living in a white country to be ruled by white people, uh, theoretically. Uh, so uh, a lot of people recognized that uh, Indians would fail to run our institutions, Indians would destroy everything. And in the 40s and the 50s, they left India and settled down in the UK. And they are doing extremely well because this was the cream of Indians that left India to live in the West.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would India be better off if uh, our country got decentralized or disintegrated? Uh, Well, uh,
1: you know, uh, India is going to get decentralized. It it will disintegrate, Uh, you know. The funny thing is that we we believe in becoming global power and we believe in how important India is to the world. India is unimportant to the world. No one cares a damn about the country. Uh, uh, People here give lip service to India, but apart from that, they don't really care about India. Um, India is falling apart. Go outside your house. India is visually falling apart um, because uh, the caliber of Indian leaders is so low and, in fact, negative because they are truly brain dead and they are truly junkies and they're truly sadistic That India is falling right in front of your eyes, you just have to go out walk around a bit and try to. experience uh, how the the society is functioning there's nothing keeping that country together now. The problem with low IQ people, the problem with uh, these sadistic people is that they can't manage even a small system, but they want to make a system larger and larger because it gives them ego satisfaction to have a bigger control over the society. But they are mentally incapable of running big institutions. Uh, and, And it's very simple for anyone who has tried to manage to Indians. Uh, you know, If you have uh, a small uh, manufacturing operation with five people, try managing them. It's an extraordinarily hard job because no one does his job properly as unless you supervise him nonstop. So you can't really have bigger institutions, bigger operations in a centralized country. Uh, and India has this huge instinct to centralize the country. Uh, India will fall apart. Uh, India will disintegrate with time. But uh, would it be beneficial to the country? Again, you are trying to compare third of dog A with third of dog B. Uh, Remember, India was never a country until the time the British came. India is a British product. Now, uh, India is a British product and uh, uh India will, under the management of Indians, become tribal. It's a federal people. They will disintegrate automatically. Uh, I'm not absolutely sure if it will be better or worse for what will be the situation then. But whatever happens, India is we, lives of Indians will be far worse going forward than it is today. Lives of Indians have got worse and worse with time. So remember that uh, what whether we have centralization or decentralization, India is not improving unless we get better re- leaders to run the country.
0: Yeah, the, your criticism of Indians and uh, India as a whole was uh, quite accurate. And I'm sure for a lot of Indians, it will be very shocking because when I leave my house and go out and talk to people or when I look at uh, the family for WhatsApp groups, they're so hopeful. They say things like Ghandur, uh, Narendra Modi, India will become a Vishwaguru," guru. And they use these big words like "Akhand Bharat and all that uh, nationalistic, uh, uh, jingoistic words. Uh, why do you think there is such a huge contradiction between reality and the imagination of Indians? Well, um, and that is actually a huge problem with uh, with Indians. A
1: lot of people contradict me based on what they think India would be in the future. Now you can't compare apples with, with elephant. Forget about comparing apples with oranges. They try to compare apples with elephants. Uh, uh, you know, I have been in investment conferences where people tell me that India will be uh, growing at the rate of 15% per year for the next 20 years and it will become better than the US. and hence, India is better than the US. Now that's so mind-bogglingly stupid, but uh, Indian logic has its own uh, structure, uh, which is completely irrational and that stays with uh, the so-called educated people. Uh, Brother, one thing I tell you very interesting, uh, I have uh, been living in the West for the last 30 years. Uh, and uh, you know, earlier I criticized the Western society about the woke people and uh, you know, and I can sit down with people and criticize America for its certain policies. Why should it be interfering, let's say, in the Middle East? And I can say that, hey, American troops killed so many people for no good reason. Uh, and uh, I can't remember a single occasion when an American told me that, why I was anti-American, why I did not like America. They don't conclude from my, my, uh, uh, my saying anything bad, uh, negative about America as a reflection of my anti-American attitude. In India, virtually every time I say anything that does not look good for about India, I'm immediately blamed for being an anti-national. Now that's, that, that's, that, that means that Indians are so emotional about everything. Just look at facts, stick to facts and discuss facts rather than become emotional about it. In fact, I speak up not because I, I am anti-Indian or I hate India, I want India to improve. I want India to do well. Uh, But that was only possible if I can point out the errors of the ways of Indian society. If if we don't point those out, nothing is going to change. But Indians will not listen to this. And the problem is that they have no moral consciousness. They live on the policy of expediency, materialism and self-centeredness. Ask all these nationalistic people and you will If you explore them enough, you will realize that they are extremely self-centered and materialistic. Ask them whether we should be fighting a war with Pakistan and they will say, yes, we should be fighting a war with Pakistan. Would you go to fight uh, a war with Pakistan? And you will really understand uh, that there's a difference between what they say and what
0: they do. (laughs) Okay, Uh, going on a completely different, but an important tangent. Uh, What is your uh, opinion on the ongoing COVID authoritarianism? Uh, Well, uh,
1: God, I mean, this has been truly, truly idiotic. Um, I was in India in November 2016 when Narendra Modi declared demonetization. And I was uh, in uh, India when he... uh, closed everything down in early 2020. Um, It it was, they they were decisions which I thought even primary school students should not have taken. They were so childish, so naive, uh, something that did nothing good to the country. Uh, Just talking about demonetization, there is more cash in India today than there ever was. Uh, There is more corruption in India. There's more bribe taking and exchange of cash today than there ever was in the country. And I have been involved in something in India recently. And I tell you, uh, when I left India, India was not that corrupt as it is today. I mean, corrupt bribes get exchanged openly in the country today. Now coming to COVID, uh, I mean, this has been absolutely crazy and the middle class indians who are supposed to be the moral spine of the society have no spine they have uh, they have no provided no intellectual nutrition to the society i mean these idiots were banging pots and pans from their <laughs> uh, apartment buildings uh, thinking that banging those pots and pans would get rid of uh, covid uh, they had no understanding absolutely no understanding about what would happen to 99% of Indians? Yes, these middle-class Indians who live in nice gated communities who have servants and maids uh, could work from home. They were still probably getting their salaries because they work for public sector companies or big companies that continue to pay salaries. But what was happening to those maids and servants, people living in villages in agricultural areas? 98, 99% of people. They were walking literally thousands of kilometers back home because Narendra Modi in his supreme intelligence put a stop to all flights and trains and all buses. And these people were walking in in, 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 in summer weather with their children and with, with their luggage, hundreds and thousands of kilometers. I mean, this was a humanitarian disaster which had no intelligence behind it. Uh, I would say, I mean, I mean, really Narendra Modi should face uh, um, a, a, a complaint of genocide because of uh, the, the grotesque decisions that he took, the way the Indian police beat up people who were trying to go to the hospital or trying to, uh, g- to come out of their uh, suffocating uh, shanty, rooms, Uh, this was grotesque. Now, uh, lockdown did happen elsewhere as well, but it was nowhere as grotesque as was in India. Uh, And uh, for a poor country, India was truly a special country because uh, a lot of other poor countries decided, hey, we are too too poor to copy the Chinese way or the American way, we should just uh, let the society be open and face the consequences. And they did far better than uh, countries like India. We destroyed the economy. We, we, we played with lives of literally hundreds of millions of people.
0: Uh, I am going to say something a little cruel. Uh, these people who were these poor migrants who were walking uh, hundreds of miles and dying on their way, I get angry at them as well, because they're partially responsible for that. Because right after this migrant crisis, there was an election in Bihar, a state that contributes uh, a lot of migrant laborers, and they made uh, BJP's, uh, BJP's coalition win again. So it's very ironic that these poor people vote for their own misery. Uh, well, Pratham, that comes
1: back to lack of moral consciousness. Sorry, absence of moral consciousness. They don't connect uh, dots properly, uh, and because they don't have moral consciousness, they cannot differentiate between right and wrong. Uh, you look at a normal Indian. If he gets beaten up by someone senior, what does he do? Apologies. He goes and beats someone junior. <laughs> he goes hey. and beats up a junior. Okay, he does not fight back against his senior. And you see that across the country. I mean, I went to one of the best engineering colleges uh, in, in India, uh, and I was so flabbergasted with what I saw. There would be what we called ragging when we when you trouble the newcomers into this in, in, in the university. And a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of newcomers didn't like it. But a year later, they were doing exactly the same thing. And when I told them that, listen, this is just so sadistic, why would you do that? The response was, we were harmed or we were beaten up, so we are now going to beat up. And I said, yeah, that's perfectly fine, but go and beat up people who beat you up rather than go and beat up people who have nothing to do with you. Uh, but uh, Indians, Even the so-called intelligent people do not have moral consciousness and hence they cannot take right decisions. Indians are, they think they are very street smart. They are among the most gullible people I have known uh, because they don't have moral consciousness. they They don't stand mentally on a firm ground. So they can't understand right and wrong, they get, uh, they get fooled very easily. You talk nice words with an Indian and he is all over you very quickly without realizing that the person who is speaking all those nice words is trying is mainly trying to exploit him or fool him. Uh, and uh, yes, I completely agree with you that these poor fools uh, went to vote for exactly the same people who had uh, destroyed their lives. Uh, but again, uh, Pratham, the backbone of Society is the middle class. And Indian middle class is very unique in the world that it does not have moral consciousness. I have been to about 100 countries and most countries many, many times. uh, And everywhere I have seen that as a country progresses and becomes better, as the middle class grows, moral consciousness grows. In India, the exact opposite is happening people are becoming simply more materialistic and depraved.
0: Uh, what is your opinion on uh, vaccine mandates, both here in India and in Canada? Uh, well, I think uh, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. If people want
1: to get the vaccine, go and take it, keep it to yourself. Uh, what kind of underwear I'm wearing, I'm not going to show <laughs> you. Okay, Whether I'm vaccinated or not, I don't want to talk about it. I think it's a private matter. If you take it, that's perfectly fine. If you think it's good taking a vaccine, evaluate it, take it, Uh, but making, telling, declaring it on social media that I'm proud to say that I have taken the third booster now is uh, idiotic. Uh, uh, Don't talk about it. And there is absolutely no reason for any government to mandate vaccine on people. These vaccine passports are a way towards tyranny. They are disastrous for humanity, uh, which does not mean again, I I have nothing against the vaccine. If the vaccine are good, take it. If you think they are good, take it. Don't impose it on other people. The vaccine mandate should go
0: and they will go. Uh, They won't, it won't be too long before they go. Uh, what do you think will be the outcome of the Canadian truckers' revolt? And I use the word revolt because I don't think this is a protest. So this is far more than that. Uh, well, and I'm I'm
1: happy you asked that question because when I said that uh, vaccine mandates will go, and they will go over the next few weeks, and thanks to Canadian truckers, Canadian truckers have brought in a revolution in terms of protests against the vaccine mandates. Um, you, You have to hold them in extremely high regard for what they have done. Um, and exactly, Pratham, just responding a bit more to your earlier question on the subject, this is what I would have expected from poor people of India. This is what I would have expected from the middle class of Indians. I would have expected them during demonetization and during imposition of lockdown in March 2020, that, hey, we are not going to listen to this stupidity. And you can't beat people up to pulp. The police can't beat, beat people up to pulp just because they're dead to go to the hospital. Um, now, uh, Canadian truckers have brought in a revolution. They have brought in a change of thinking. They have brought in um, a, a way for those people who were against this increasing tyranny to come together and fight back against tyranny. And remember, the Western civilization is a civilization. And its I have to say, it's the only civilization I know of. India is not a civilization. Third world countries are not civilizations. Western societies are the only civilizations I know of, and they are civilizations because of people like these Canadian truckers. They fight for what is right. They fight for what is honorable. They stand up for against what is wrong. Uh, so yes, uh, uh, truckers have in uh, Canadian truckers are uh, uh, have done a fabulous job. And if at all
0: I feel any pride in being a Canadian, this is it. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to follow that up with a very loaded and a very biased question. Uh, do you think uh, Justin Trudeau is a spineless coward?
1: Oh, uh, J- Justin Trudeau is a, a third worlder woke uh, liberal. He has no mind of his own. Uh, and he got into power mostly because of dynastic reason and because of his looks. A lot of women like his looks. Uh, and that perplexes me that tells you about so much about what democracy is all about these educated women voted for him because of his looks they could have easily gone to a strip club they could have paid 5 10 15 dollars for a strip club and uh, could have had a look at uh, a much nicer looking guy it's completely idiotic i mean the guy has uh, was uh, uh, was uh, a substitute teacher. He was not even a proper teacher and he was teaching his snowboarding and his skiing. Uh, I mean the guy has n- had no experience of running institutions and he ended up becoming the prime minister. Uh, and that is the deg- 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 degradation that to institutions that democracy brings in. Democracy is termite. It eats away everything very quickly. Uh, all institutions very quickly.
0: Okay. Uh, I know that two of the topics that you speak a lot on is uh, investment and liberty. And uh, now we see a lot of people uh, investing in cryptocurrencies, which they think will usher in a new age of uh, economic liberty. What is your opinion on uh, these uh, cryptocurrencies? (laughs)
1: well no liberty will come without the roots of moral consciousness we can uh, you can run away and you know you can run away from tyrannical environment by uh, tinkering with the superficial aspects but that can benefit only people like you and me it cannot benefit the larger population and without the larger population being morally awakened uh, we will uh, die out as well Uh, So what we need is a healthy, morally conscious society for people with liberty to survive. Now cryptos might, cryptos or something like that could give an escape route to people who have, who are liberty oriented, Uh, but that's not going to be good for the, that's not going to release the society from tyranny. Now, is our cryptos the right thing to do? Uh, hey, I am not invested in any cryptos. I think they are ones and zeros without any backing in the cloud. Uh, and for me, that gives them a value of zero. So I don't use cryptos, I don't see value in cryptos, and I don't think they offer you a true escape from monetary tyranny. Uh, the, the problem is that uh, there, are many, there, there are many things, the, the transaction costs are huge. Uh, At the end of the day, cryptos are all valued in terms of fiat currency. Uh, What if, uh, you you know, what if the cryptos are banned? What if uh, you don't have internet connection? Uh, I don't see any value in cryptos myself. I think in very short, they are worth zero.
0: Okay. Um, All right. Uh, So I live in Mangalore in coastal Karnataka. And I think you know what is happening in this uh, region lately. A few of the government colleges are refusing to allow uh, Muslim girls to enter the premises while wearing the hijab. And we are seeing an increase in communal tensions and uh, rowdyism from both sides. Uh, Saffron shawl uh, wearing boys are uh, causing chaos and even violence in few instances. And it's not like the other side is any better. What do you make of this? Do you think we'll ever have peace between these two chaotic religions?
1: No, they will not have uh, peace ever. And the problem is not the two religions. The dichotomy is not Islam versus Hinduism. The dichotomy is that the fact is that uh, Indians just are not peaceful people. They always whine, They, they blame other people for all their problems. Uh, and they always uh, hate the other person. Uh, so what happens if you separate Hindus from Muslims? Muslims will then fight with, uh, there will be fights between Shias and Sunnis and then different parts, sects of Shias among themselves, as you can see in Bangladesh and Pakistan. So uh, you, 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 the fights will continue. And if Hin- India ever became a Hindu only nation, what will happen? Uh, Hindus will start fighting among themselves because they will shiv Shiva will think they are better than Vaishnav and uh, you know all kinds of idioses will uh, re-emerge. So the problem is not Islam versus Hinduism, the problem is that we are not rational morally rooted people Beyond people who are tribal basically tribal and we are always fighting with our other tribes we are always looking for which other tribe to fight with and then within our tribe we fight for tribal supremacy who wants to become the leader of the tribe so the, the fights are all over and that's where uh, you that's what you see all over the country you make you look at any small groups in india uh, any any small office see how the culture works. There's office, horrendous office politics between people. They hate each other. Look at how families work. Families are very dysfunctional. They, they, people hate each other in families. So uh, this Muslim Hindu issue is not the real issue. The real issue is that uh, Indians are like that. And how do you change fundamentally their character?
0: I don't uh, mean to get too personal, but because you brought up family matters, I saw on your Facebook that you had posted a while back, uh, I believe one of your family members is harassing your father by bribing a government officer and trying to take away his land, Uh, what, what exactly is happening there? Uh, well, uh, it's it's absolutely crazy,
1: uh, uh, Pratham. Uh, what uh, what happened was that one of my family members uh, engaged a lawyer who had who put armed goons inside my dad's house and who was able to control the whole police system, which meant that my no one would take phone call of my dad. No police system. No seniors health. Uh, helpline would take the call of my dad's uh, phone call and the police was registering police cases which without any investigation, not that investigations necessarily happen in the country. And the problem is that there's no social dynamics which come come to people like those criminally minded people and say, hey, this is wrong, stop it. What I have seen is that people in the society come either stay out or when they want to engage, they want to look good rather than do the right thing. They they don't want to tell the the, the person who is who was harming my dad that, hey, you're doing something wrong, A step back, and we are going to boycott you socially if you continue to do these things. But we don't have that social force because, again, we don't have the moral consciousness in the in the society. And again, uh, uh, over the last three months, the kind of corruption, the depravities and degenerate behavior I have seen in society is just off the charts. I, I now tell people that I have been completely wrong about India. India is a hundred times, a thousand times worse than I thought it was. Uh, India is just a completely depraved and degenerate society. Is there any hope for India? <laughs> Well, there's hope for isolated people, as you said, that people should always be looking for a way out of trouble. Uh, And, you know, people who are looking at cryptos to get out of monetary tyranny, I can understand them, except that I don't like cryptos myself, but I can understand them. Uh, There are ways to live that you can escape your local tyranny, and I can fully understand those people. Um, Is there a way out for Indians? Uh, Yes, I think there's a way out for Indians, uh, but only isolated Indians, which is to leave the country. Uh, You know, look at China. China is a wonderful country. China is like a first world country. When I go to China from India, Uh, it's a lovely place. Um, go Go to Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong, Taiwan, uh, South Korea. They are lovely places. Uh, go to uh, Western countries. Compared to India, they, the Western countries are a thousand times, 10,000 times better. Uh, but is there a hope for India? No, there is no hope for India. And uh, I don't invest in India. I, uh, I est- keep my involvement in India to the minimal. Okay.
0: Um, all the countries that you mentioned, I agree, they're great, like South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, etc. But why do you say that China is a great country? Because uh, if you look at the, their value system, it's quite pathetic the way they treat Tibetans and Uyghur Muslims. And there's no freedom of speech. There's no freedom of religion. They're not enlightened like the West.
1: Okay, so... um, uh... So, uh, so firstly, it's completely wrong to compare China with the West, okay? China used to be a third world country. So if you want to understand China, you should compare China with the kind of countries China was a standing shoulder to shoulder in 1990s. So for example, Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Pakistan, that's, those are the kind of countries you should be comparing China with. Uh, the US is a far more developed country than China is. Uh, China has shown that it has continued to progress culturally and economically. Uh, now, what they have done to Tibet and uh, to, in Xinjiang province to the Muslims there, uh, they, mm-hmm. it's nothing too unusual compared to what let's say Indians have done to people in northeastern provinces, Nagaland, Manipur, uh, uh, Arunachal Pradesh or Jammu and Kashmir. Uh, I mean, remember, uh, India was shameless in how how it occupied uh, Goa and uh, Hyderabad uh, after independence. Most people don't even know about it. These were separate countries. India just decided it had to take these countries over. Uh, So there's nothing especially bad about what China has done in Tibet and Xinjiang compared to what other third, country, third world countries have done to their own minorities. Uh, now, uh, Tibet is a much richer place because of Chinese uh, and uh, Xinjiang province has its problems uh, but there is no conclusive evidence that they are Gulags, that they are forced imprisonment of uh, Muslim uh, people, uh, of Muslim following in Xinjiang as a, as a systematic, on a systematic basis. So I haven't seen conclusive proofs of that. Now, some of the governments would claim that, but How much should I trust uh, those governments? Uh, American government and British government said that there were weapons of mass destruction uh, uh, under Saddam Hussein in Iraq. That came out to be completely false. So how much do I really know about what's happening in Xinjiang? Uh, So uh, those are not enough of reasons. They are factors and China is not perfect in any way whatsoever. Uh, And I can identify a lot more worse things about China uh, than uh, then uh, uh, the, the international headlines you see about China. Uh, now, as far as freedom of speech is concerned, uh, let me tell you Pratham, I feel much more free speaking up in China than I do in India. Uh, and freedom of speech is going away very rapidly around the world. Uh, look at the Western countries, uh, white people particularly cannot say a lot of things that are important to them. You were talking about cancel culture. Uh, So you get canceled very quickly in the Western society today. So what is the freedom of speech? What is your freedom of speech Uh, in India? Yes, theoretically you have freedom of speech, but go out and complain about the local goon and see what happens go out and complain about the local bureaucrat who is asking for a bribe uh, i guarantee you uh, the court system the police will not be there to help you because it the you simply don't have freedom of speech so you can't speak up because of so many reasons so chinese can mostly speak up about most things except that they cannot challenge their the the existence of their central government and the central CCP. So yes, uh, I mean, no one is perfect. It's just on an overall basis. I like China a hundred times more than I like India.
0: How do you think Indians should behave when they emigrate to the West? I, I, I think it takes a while. It takes many
1: years to start understanding the Western civilization uh, but you should move to the Western society only, and only if you like the Western civilization, if you like Western philosophy. Uh, if you are moving to the West only to make more money or to make your, make your life materialistically better, then uh, from in my view, you are a negative value to the Western society. Uh, and most people who move to the West Uh, do not have moral consciousness and they are not interested in Western philosophy, they are there just to make money. They are materialistic people. Uh, But, uh, you know, once, if you are interested in the Western culture, Western society, uh, then your, it will still take you time to understand how the Western society works. Uh, But uh, that's the kind of people who should move. And if they move, they should, be paying a lot of attention to the moral consciousness that the western society has
0: and uh, finally I think I'll end this podcast on a very uh, with a very vague question uh, what is the purpose of life
1: oh what is the purpose of life um, I haven't uh, figured that out uh, Pratham really um, I want to uh, you know I uh, The way I look at life is that my next step should be better than my last step. And uh, because I don't have a clarity on what the goal is, uh, all I care about is to make sure that my next step is better than the last step. And that means that I should live my life with honesty, integrity, and honor and self-responsibility. And that's where libertarianism comes in, into picture. Uh, My life is not centered on... um, on materialism, I'm not chasing money. Now, money comes to me, that's a different thing altogether. uh, But I'm not chasing money. I'm just just trying to improve myself as a human being. And hopefully, as time goes by, as I continue to live uh, a more honorable, more self-responsible life, and as I uh, continue to improve myself, hopefully the cloud in front of my goals, which is the purpose of life,
0: might become clearer. Well, uh, thank you so much, Jayant, for uh, being on my podcast. This was a very uh, educational conversation. Pratham, thanks very much uh, for the opportunity.